All right, let's get underway with episode 57 of Wall of Sound up against the wall. My name is Brownie and I'm your podcast host. We are six weeks away from the debut of Good Things Festival here in Australia. It's an East Coast music festival featuring the likes of Make Them Suffer, North Lane, Baby Metal, Dropkick Murphy, Stone Sour, and The Offspring playing Smash and Fool, just to name a few. It kicks off December 7 in Melbourne, heads to Sydney, and then wraps up on December 9 in Brisbane. And to count down to the event, we've got the Good Things preview today. Coming up later on, I'm going to have a chat with Bert McCracken from The Used to talk all about their new album, touring on the final cross-country Vans Warp Tour, and how he settled into Australian life. If you didn't know, he actually lives right here in Sydney. I'm also going to chat to Dan Soupy Campbell from The Wonder Years. They're also playing the event and uh, we had a very interesting conversation which uh, I accidentally revealed some news he hadn't made public yet. Who leaked this information? No one should know yet. Stick around for that. Plus we're also going to get through some of the best bands who are playing on the music festival as well. Just so you know what you're in for and a couple of acts that you should definitely check out if you're going to get along to the event. Tickets are available right now through goodthingsfestival.com.au but right now let's Let's officially kick it off with these guys here. This is La Dispute with Edward Benz 27 times on Wall of Sound up against the wall.
This is Marcus from Northlane, and you're listening to Wall of Sounds up against the wall.
The last single, Northlane, released before they went on a break. That's Vultures and Wall of Sound up against the wall. And yes, they are reforming to play at the Good Things Festival. But some big news happened over the past week involving Baby Metal, who are obviously also appearing on the lineup. Yui Metal, who I guess would be the equivalent of one of the backup singers for the band, will no longer be appearing at any of their shows as she's no longer with the band anymore. Now, fans would know that she's had quite some time off between last year and now, getting her health back on track again. And the band released a statement last week letting fans know she has departed and they wished her well with her future endeavours. You can check that out at wallofsoundau.com. Just click on the new music page. I say that because they also put out a new song called Starlight and here is that new song which also features English lyrics. Brand new baby metal on Wall of Sound up against the wall.
what's up? This is Matt Tuck from Bullet for My Valentine, and you're listening to Wall of Sound Up Against the Wall.
doesn't love a metal ballad? That's Bullet for My Valentine, a wall of sound up against the wall right now. Let's get into this guy. Hey, it's Dan from The Wonder Years. You're listening to Wall of Sound up against the wall. The Wonder Years have a brand new album under their belts, and luckily for us, they are bringing it down under for Good Things Festival. Dan Soupy Campbell joins me now to chat all about it. Mate, congrats on making history playing the very first Good Things Fest. Hey, thank you. I mean, honestly, we're just happy for the opportunity to come back to Australia in any way. It's um, one of our favorite places to go, and just like, uh, you know, basically, you get we get an offer to go to Australia, and we barely look at it. Like, yeah, 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 we'll be there. And look, we love having you down here. I mean, I can only talk from experience of seeing you guys the one time at the Triffid in Brisbane, a small setting. But how does your stage presence change in a music festival setting? Uh, I like to think of us as musical goldfish, in that we will grow to fit whatever can uh, hold us. Is that a bad analogy? You know, because goldfish grow in a bigger bowl, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's it. You can adapt to your surroundings. That's what we try to do, is just try to fill up as much of the state as we can by uh, putting on a, you know, the, the show appropriate to that venue. I get asked a lot, hey, do you, would you rather play uh, a festival to 10,000 people or would you rather play like an intimate like dive bar to 200 people? And what I always say is that they both have their individual merits and you have to play them totally differently, right? Like you're, it's not comparing apples to apples at that point. You know, you have to go out and do what is appropriate for that venue, that crowd, you know, kind of read the audience and, and read the, the stage, read the space that you have, and then, you know, give it everything you have in that, in that environment. So that's what we're going to do. All right, well, let's talk on the, uh, the the topic of what you said before with people asking you what you prefer to play, you know, at festivals or intimate shows. Are you worried that you're going to be on stage at these festival shows and uh, seeing the whole entire crowd bawling their eyes out when you guys start playing Rainy in Kyoto? Well, here's where my poor vision is, is uh, a stroke of luck for me, <laughs> is that I really can't see anything. I can't play with my glasses on. I, I tried to uh, a couple times, and I just they fling off my head. And so I can maybe see the first line of the crowd, and then it's a big, blurry mass. So I'm lucky in that in that regard. Um, it gets frustrating, though. Sometimes people hold up signs that have, like, very specific things that they'd like to tell me, and it's really hard to communicate to them that I can't read their signs. Like, they're, like, holding it up and pointing at it and looking at me like, why aren't you responding? And I'm like, it doesn't say anything. <laughs> it probably says something. I don't know what it is. Dan, I'm pregnant. Pay your child support. Pay your child support. I thought that you were... Uh, when is this going to run? When are you like, putting up this podcast? Yeah, this is going to run in a couple of weeks' time, yeah. Okay, my wife actually is pregnant, and I thought that you knew that somehow. Oh! <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, who, who leaked this information? No one should know yet. Um... I think in a couple of weeks, we're going to have told everyone. So it's probably okay to oh. keep it in there. But I was like, how did you have that information? <laughs> but I don't know what it is. I've got a uh, two and a half year old myself. And I just, I, I get so paternal when it comes to, you know, friends who are now falling pregnant on purpose and that kind of thing. And I don't know, like, I obviously had no idea, but it changes the whole entire perception now. Congratulations on that. How are you, you know, how are you feeling going into the fact that you're about to be a dad? So, so excited just like out of control excited and lucky uh is the thing i was talking to there's a different band i was talking to the other day they they were you know talking about when you were younger and you had like your goals as a band or as you know 
even in high school, you're 16 years old and you want to play music and, you know, and I never wanted to be Green Day, right? I never wanted to be so, so, so big. You know, I never wanted to be a big radio act. I never thought that that was like for me. All I ever wanted, like the, the, if you said the most that you could possibly ever ask for, it would have been, can I support a family by playing music that I love to play? Yeah. And, uh, and that is becoming the reality right now is that we're very lucky to have the opportunity to, you know, I'm now having, I'm expecting this first child and, and I can support that family and keep them fed by playing music. So that's both amazing and terrifying because what if someday somebody goes or, or everyone goes, Hey, you know what? I don't like this band anymore. I'd rather listen to electro jazz. I'm fucking over the one here. <laughs> and then it's, it's like super exciting, but it's also terrifying because there's like no job security, right? Like I don't get like unemployment if everyone fucking decides they don't like our <laughs> band anymore. Um, so, but you know, it charges me up to work even harder. You know, I thought that I was working at full capacity and uh, found out we we're having a baby and it, I just keep working harder every day. Well, look, this is where, uh, you know, you, you take what's happening in your surroundings into your music as well, too. Like, I am a lover of uh, musicians who develop and progress over the years and write about personal issues as I grow up with them, if that makes sense. So for you to write about all, you know, the emotional stuff that you've been through in your life with the Wonder Years, to now take the turn to write about impending fatherhood and all the struggles that you have facing, you know, the uncertainty of what's coming ahead, I think that's a way that you can relate to a new target audience and keep those fans with you as they become parents themselves. Yeah, I mean, that's really been our goal our whole career was we never wanted to be the kind of musicians that make a record and then, okay, now it's time for another record and we just say, let's just make that one again. Um, because I think at that point you stop growing with your fan base. And I think that, you know, we're very lucky to have grown with our fans. I think that we get people coming to our shows that are like, hey man, I'm 30 and I started listening to you when I was 18. And every time you put out a record, it helped me at that point in my life. Yes. Um, but I think I like to I like to think and hope that the the things that we're writing about impact you know younger people. I don't think that you need to be 25 to 35 to enjoy Sister Cities. I think that you can like that record if you're 16 too. And I, I like to think that we're kind of constantly evolving and changing mm. and moving forward and and moving with our fans as they move through our their life but also reaching back to some younger people and trying to uh, strike a chord in them as well. Well, look, on the back of what you were saying there, how your music appeals to a, a wide range of audience members. You've got the 18-year-olds, you've got the older people. Plugger, who works with us, uh, he's 42, but, you know, he acts like he's 60. He put me on to, obviously, the song Rainy in Kyoto. And let's let's talk about that for a second now, because you're writing songs that appeal to all these different types of feelings, emotions, and things like that. I loved the story behind this song. And, look, I could tell it, but I thought, you know, it'd be amazing if you could do it justice and explain it from your perception, how this idea came about writing this one uh okay so well kyoto is a difficult song obviously for me because it's it revolves around the the loss of my grandfather and so we were yeah in 2011 he'd had a, a series of massive heart attacks and had a triple bypass surgery and uh kind of bounced back from it and we had him for another couple of years and then in 2016 his health declined kind of sharply and, you know, we were kind of aware that we were going to lose him. And I had this tour going to Japan and I had to make this decision. It's like, do I stay for the funeral or do I go to Japan? And what makes it an even more difficult decision is the person bringing us to Japan isn't this massive company, right? Like 
for instance, in America, the, the, the giants are there's Live Nation and there's AEG, and these huge, huge companies with tens of thousands of employees and, and all these different shows that they run. And But in Japan, it's one guy. His name is Masa, and he's got two kids to support, and he's putting all this money up front for us to be able to come to Japan. And if we don't come, we fuck up Masa's life, yeah. right? And we let down these fans that don't get to see us all the time, and... I fuck over all of my, my best friends that are in the band with me that have this, you know, have their schedule and they're ready to go. And I kind of knew, you know, at this point, my grandfather was on a serious morphine trip. He wasn't be able to really communicate with us anymore. But I kind of knew if I said, hey, you want me to stay for the funeral or go to Japan? He would have said, go to fucking Japan. Are you kidding me? And so I went. And I we went to this, this shrine in Kyoto, the, the Inari Shrine. And I saw people lighting candles and, and kind of going through the motions of this ceremony. And I don't know, I honest, to this day, I don't know what the ceremony is or was for, right? It could have been anything. But it felt, to me, I, I felt like it was an appropriate thing to do. And so I bought a candle and I went and lit it. And I stood there in front of it and was kind of like openly weeping in front of this. Actually, so hard that I almost blew out the candle just with my like heaving breath. And there's an older guy there just could see that I was dealing with something and uh, he just showed me you ring the bell after you light the candle and so I rung the bell and it was this moment of connection where he doesn't know why I'm crying he doesn't know what's going on in my life we can't communicate at all we don't speak the same language we're not from the same country we're not from the same generation but he just saw a person in some pain and he wanted help and that's kind of what the whole record is about. It's about being able to connect with people across cultures, across oceans, across barriers, to not let these kind of artificially placed borders stop you from being a human and connecting yeah. with other humans. And so that's uh, that's the story of Kyoto. Look, it, it, it's an incredible story. I've got nothing else to say on that besides the fact I just want to reach through the phone and give you like the biggest man hug ever. I appreciate that. Let's get that song on right now. It's it's the song that kicks off the album and something that you definitely need to hear. This is The Wonder Years, Raining in Kyoto, a wall of sound up against the wall.
One of the greatest songs released in 2018, Rainy in Kyoto by The Wonder Years. It's from their new album, Sister Cities, which is out now. The band are heading down under in December for the Good Things Festival. You can get your tickets to that too. Look, on the back of this as well too, obviously, you know, fans want to see you guys outside of a festival setting. Would you guys return either, you know, towards the middle of 2019 for a tour or is this sort of just it for now? As soon as we have an offer, we will be there. Uh, we love the opportunity to play in Australia. We love the people there. We love being there in every way. And um, you don't have to twist our arm to get us to Australia. You just have to have to send an offer and have to work with our time frame. And, and we'll be back as soon as we possibly can. In fact, Matt uh, can't make it to this one because he's getting married like four days after the tour is over and has to be home to get that ready. And so he's clamoring to come back even stronger than we normally would. All right, well, we are counting down the days. Get your tickets to Good Things Festival. Get yourself a copy of Sister Cities. Dan from The Wonder Years, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you very much, man. Central Station I watch the buses leave in silence Bound for foreign distant places The Andes hold me close A mother's only son I feel weightless in the valley
the very first Good Things Festival lineup dropped, and true to its name, it's full of good things. Featuring The Offspring, Stone Sour, Baby Metal, Dropkick Murphys, Bullet For My Valentine, Tonight Alive, North Lane and so much more taking the stage this December up Australia's East Coast. Gotta keep them separated. Tickets on sale right now through destroyallines.com. Do not miss out on this Australian Music Festival's debut in 2018. Wall of Sound, up against the wall with Brownie. Manage me, I'm a mess. Jenna from Tonight Alive, you're listening to Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall.
sudden I'm eating my insides The tiny words that break your heart They're breaking and entering So I run for your Live on Wall of Sound up against the wall. They did a fantastic job at Unify Gathering earlier on this year. Will they be able to do it again at Good Things? Absolutely. But right now, let's have a chat to Bert. Hey, everybody. This is Bert from The Used. And of course, you're listening to Wall of Sound up against the wall. They're no strangers to Australia, having recently just played here in 2016, playing their first two albums, but this time around we get to see them with their new material. The U's are coming back for Good Things Festival, and Bert McCracken joins me now. Mate, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Mate, surely after just completing the final cross-country events, Warp Tour, you'd be over doing festivals by now, right? Of course not. Playing music is what we love to do, so imagining that we'd be over playing music. That's a funny thought. Yeah, and, and look, you guys have played countless festivals here in Australia. I mean, you even celebrated your birthday at the Brisbane Soundwave a few years back, which was something very special to have. And, you know, you take these memories as a musician. We take these memories as fans watching you guys on stage, and they're stuck with us for life from there. Yeah, what a cool thing. I mean, growing up in Utah, the one thing that we knew we had to look forward to every year was the Warp Tour coming through at the end of the summer. And I feel like, and I'm not being dramatic when I say that, this tour kind of kept us alive during the year and gave us something to look forward to in our lives. So the bigger the festival, the more bands on it, and the more diverse I think the better. European festivals during the summertime really know how to do it at. So I have a high hopes for this one and my prediction is it will be a fantastic time. Yeah, look, it's something that we've been lacking in Australia and just to see good things come from nowhere. I mean, the first uh, thoughts we thought of it was just going to be like a very small, intimate kind of thing, helping out some local bands, but bang, fucking out of nowhere. you got Baby Metal, you got The U's, you've got Stone Sour, you've got The Offspring. I mean, it's the festival season is thriving in Australia and I'm so stoked that you guys get to be a part of it once again. So cool and such a cool way, <clears throat> way to end our year. We've done quite a bit of touring this year and be able to play in my quote-unquote hometown. I'm pretty close to where we're playing in Sydney, so it's funny I just get to drive maybe <laughs> 10, 20 minutes to go and play the show. Look, I wanted to touch on you being in Australia, but let's get to that after this. Let's get on a song from your new album, The Kenyan. This is Over and Over on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. Tell me then, like you could never ever tell me now. 
from the year's latest album on Wall of Sound, Up Against Wall. Bert joining me right now. Mate, you mentioned before you're living in Australia. How is life as a token Australian right now? Um, really good. Um, <laughs> really good. It's fantastic. Weather's starting to warm up a little bit. Look, really looking forward to summertime here in Australia. I have gotten quite fond of having Christmas in the heat. And Australians, as you know, are so wonderfully laid back. And they have, I mean, America is, is an absolute nightmare wreck mess right now. So I'm just lucky to be able to live here and to raise kids here and to be a part of this beautiful culture. And so, so diverse here. And there's so many things that are kind of a step forward from the rest of the world. I feel like the opportunity for equality and a more egalitarian situation and lots of economic points that I think that are worthwhile talking about. Lots of um, emphasis on local product. And I think Australia just has a, a good way to look at the world. Maybe besides a few of the immigration policies and uh, the unconscious racism, I think the, the two steps ahead here. It's funny that you mentioned before, like America is fucked right now with Donald Trump in the lead. But I mean, when you look at what happens in our own backyard, I mean, we change prime ministers more than I change underwear. Have you adapted to, to that quite easily? Like obviously living here in Australia, do you get to vote and things like that? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a permanent resident, so I have yet to take the step to becoming a full citizen, but I have no opposition to it. And I think that in a more constructive society, everyone has a duty and an obligation to be part of democracy for people to have a democracy. That being said, you look around the world and mention Trump, the epidemic is growing and human beings in their rational and biological form are, are only two steps away from violent racism. So it's it's going to help us to address the problems at hand and kind of confront things honestly and then move forward as rational human beings from there. But yeah. Well, mate, it's good to have you down here. And, and they do say that for someone who spends time in Australia, it normally takes about a year or so before you finally adapt the mannerisms and things like that. Have you started noticing yourself saying things like, yeah, nah, mate, fucking struth. Yeah, nice. Yes. <laughs> I'm, uh, um, my daughter's accents are coming out, coming about pretty thick. Yeah, I've been down here for almost six years now, so <clears throat> surprised I haven't taken on a little bit more of an accent. Or I mean, it definitely has an effect on the influx of my vernacular syntax, that's for sure. I say cunt a lot more than I was doing. <laughs> there it is. That's what I was waiting for. Uh, <laughs> look. Uh, Obviously, you know, because I guess you could say, you know, heavy music is still sort of considered a niche market to certain people in Australia. Do you get to walk around Sydney, have no one recognise you during the day, that kind of thing? Uh, I, I guess it just depends. It's a, the cool thing about the youth is that our fan base is spread out. That's, that's generally always the case. But music saved my life growing up and it was artists who were responsible for that. So somebody does recognise me and approach me, it's only part of something so special and I've never once taken it um, like a man talks about in his really cool raps about hating his fans. That's never been a situation of ours. Well, what, what about shows when bands come down? Are you still one to go check out, you know, live music and things like that? I would hope that I get to. I have two daughters now, so my time is fairly balanced between a few things. But um, yeah, as much as I possibly can, I get to go, to go out and since I've been touring for almost 20 years, I know quite a few bands, so nice when bands come down here to Australia, especially from other parts of the world, and then they get to see a familiar face, maybe a little bit of a, a bereavement from the homesickness. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, it's like when we go overseas and we see Australian bands over there, like, they love hearing that local accent and it gives them a bit of, you know, home life, I guess. What's the, uh, what's the amazing Australian band? And they have that song, I'm on Smoko. 
Do you know that oh, song? Oh, the chats, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's just like that. <laughs> All right, well, you were talking before about, you know, you've been playing uh, tours and, and playing in bands for like a few decades now. From the music that you guys have put out, is, is there a song that you still love getting on stage and playing each and every time? It hasn't worn out. It's, uh, you know, the feel and the vibe of playing it now? Almost every song becomes a, a different picture from the original statement. And I love how art transcends the meanings become something more and there's not a lot of songs that I that we wrote that I get sick of playing so that question is hard to answer and easy it's most most all songs but the taste of ink often kind of fulfills this need urgent need for solidarity between human beings so yeah most of our songs kind of the meanings have changed something in my mind that they're they're about what's going on right now in the world today it's really cool and that's the thing I love, like music goes with you through life. Whatever you were going through back in the day, it can relate to what you're going later on in life, decades later, that kind of thing. I think that's such a magical thing that music can do. And you've written quite a few songs like that that have followed us from our youth to us being young adults, having families and, you know, getting real jobs, uh, so to say. Thanks, man. Well, I think that also it's really important in my life to give the respect to the time that's due. I think that early 2000s music was in such a crazy different place and regardless of of how kind of maybe in your face it all was and i think it's good to honor the past with, with a great deal of respect so we're happy about what it's been and we're Great, look forward to the future. Well, look, you mentioned before The Taste of Ink. That's still one of my favourite used songs, so I know there's going to be a lot of fans who feel the same way. Oh, yeah. Let's get that one on right now on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. Is it worth the Can you even hear me? Starting with your spot that I'm in. Not enough to feed the hungry. I'm tired and I felt it for a while now. This seems lonely. The Taste of Ink is getting old. It's four o'clock in the fucking morning. Each day gets more Dance to break out. This could be my chance to say goodbye. At last, it's finally over. Couldn't take this down. 
classic news from Wall of Sound up against the wall. They are heading back down under for the Good Things Festival. It plays up the East Coast December 7 to December 9. Get your tickets from goodthingsfestival.com.au. Bert, set list-wise, what are we looking at this time around? We have so many songs. We, um, like I said, we like to celebrate the past and we like to celebrate the entire catalogs. Never been a band to go out and play overwhelming amounts of new material so you can expect to see all of your favorite songs feel like a kid again feel more connected to humanity and spirituality than you ever have and um, also just have a really really good time what are the chances of Gerard Way sneaking in a uh, suitcase somewhere so we can come down and do under pressure with you guys um Gerard is on the top of my list. I keep, I'm, you know, I'm hounding him constantly to, to get back on the road. As, a, as an emo kid, you can just um, say in your prayers like I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think it will. I think it's inevitable. I think it's ine- inevitable that um, at some point, My Chemical Romance is going to have to come back to us. You know what I mean? And the only band that would be logical for them to tour with would be the used. So in the name of emo Christ, amen. But with that said, we're all about the use right now. Playing Good Things Festival. Get your tickets. Bert, thank you very much for taking the time out. Hell yeah. Thank you for your time, man.
catch me so deep that I didn't even scream. It's Booker and Sean from Make Them Suffer. And this is Wall of Sound up against the wall.
sound up against the wall. one for the Deathcore fans, Amiwa on Wall of Sound, up against the wall, and that ends the Good Things preview for now. Uh, some big news has happened over the past week, which I wanted to talk about. In a second, I'm going to get on the brand new Fresh as Fuck song for AFI, but first, Static X uh, have revealed, or I should say the original members, that they're working on a brand new album called Project Regeneration. Now, this new album features the last vocal recordings of Wayne Static before he passed away in 2014, and the original members, consisting of Tony Campos, Drum Ken Jay and guitarist Koichi Fukuda are getting back together to make this happen. Now here's the thing, there's a whole bunch of songs that are unfinished so they're going to call on help from some big wigs in the music industry including David from Disturbed, Ivan Moody from Five Finger Death Punch, Burton C. Bell from Fear Factory and a whole bunch more to make this album happen. But here's the thing, they need fan involvement to get this over the line. They come out and say that they want to make this a tribute to Wayne Static, and they're trying to get it out to coincide with the 20th anniversary of their debut album, Wisconsin Death Trip. Now, I'm in two minds about this. I'm someone who's never got the opportunity to see Static X perform live before. They're one of those bands I got into from the Need for Speed game, and I just can't fathom the idea of them getting back together again without Wayne Static for a couple of reasons. Number one, his name's in the fucking band, Wayne Static. Static X, it just won't be the same without him. And number two, you've got all these unfinished songs and you're going to get other musicians coming in to offer their parts. But you look at someone like David Draymond from Disturbed who hasn't been making new metal songs since very early in their career. Can they do it justice? Will the album just be like a collection of people coming together to sing on it? Or will they actually be proper legit songs? Now, you know, for those who followed Michael Jackson for years, years after his death, they were pulling out songs left, right and centre, saying, here's a new one for him. It's his vocal performances that never got released. But it later on turned out that it wasn't actually Michael Jackson, it was someone else. I'm not saying this is the case with Static X, but with that said, without a full proper song, it just won't have that same feel if you understand where I'm coming from. 
Now you can take a look at the news at wallofsoundau.com. Just click on that news page. And while you're there, check out the opinion piece I put out this week where I asked the question, when a singer dies, should the band die too? There's a whole bunch of examples in there of where bands have continued on and it's failed miserably. I'd love to get your opinion on that too. Once again, that's at wallofsoundau.com. But right now, let's get on some classic Static X to celebrate the news, I guess. This is Push It on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. very first Good Things Festival lineup dropped and, true to its name, it's full of good things. Featuring The Offspring, Stone Sour, Baby Metal, Dropkick Murphys, Bullet For My Valentine, Tonight Alive, North Lane and so much more taking the stage this December up Australia's East Coast. Gotta keep them separated. Tickets on sale right now through destroyallines.com. Do not miss out on this Australian Music Festival's debut in 2018. Hey, this is Adam Carson from AFI. You're listening to Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. Here's one Happy 
get any fresher than that. That is brand new AFI from their forthcoming EP, The Missing Man. They've been sneakily put it online overnight, didn't tell anyone about it, and you can get your pre-orders in for it right now at iTunes. The song itself is also at wallofsoundau.com, so go there and check it out. The EP itself will feature five new songs, and that's getting released on December 7 this year. But that's it for this week's podcast. Once again, thank you very much for checking us out. Don't forget to give it a like, subscribe, share the podcast around, tell your mates about it, and get involved with Good Things Festival. This is the first time this festival is making a debut in Australia. It's happening in December, so get involved, support the live music scene here in Australia, and let's see these festivals that we've got happening at the moment explode get bigger and better every single year at the end of the day like i've said before in the past the real winners will be us they're going to be competing against each other to get bigger and better bands every year and that means we will be the ones celebrating all the details on good things download festival and unify can be found at wallofsoundau.com but next week on the show i am bloody stoked to reveal i've been waiting 19 years to have a chat to this guy and he's joining me to chat all about his brand new band sinsanum joey jordison will be joining me to talk about the band's debut trip down under they're only playing a couple of shows we'll find out what you can expect when they're coming down but right now to get you ready for it this is their song i stand alone sin sanum and wall of sound up against the wall my name is brownie i'll catch you next week (laughs) 